Uh, hello, this is Medid Yo, and you're listening to South South Network Podcast, the podcast that brings you news about the diaspora of South Sudanese members. Our guest today is Daniela Jack, lawyer, director, and principal at AJAG and Trib Lawyers in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, welcome to the program, Jack. Uh, thanks, Medid. Uh, pleasure to, have, to be on board. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good to, you know, to connect uh, members from uh, from our community from our community across abroad and uh you know it's uh it's, you know it's good to have extended uh, our linkedin network yeah connection in, into this uh, you know i really look i look forward you know to uh to speaking to you on the podcast and then uh, getting to know each other likewise that's, that's a pleasure on my end actually uh you mentioned it right you and i uh connected via linkedin and uh interestingly i mean there's there's really i'm inspired by a lot of our community members in Australia, there's a lot of you guys that are entrepreneurs, a lot of you guys that are seeking uh, and building their careers in the private and the public sector as well, like yourself, you're a lawyer. Not only that, you do have your own legal practice at a Jack and Trip Lawyers. And that's exactly the type of community members that I look for in the So So Network podcast, uh, people that, despite all the challenges, I mean, if everyone knows about our country and where we come from, uh, it, it, it isn't an easy life, it's not an easy journey. And for us to come here, these foreign lands, adapt and succeed and thrive uh, is something that is commendable. And I, that's why I wanted to welcome you to the program. Uh, so to get it started, I mean, I'm really interested, I believe uh, at least people at our age and given the fact that we're recent immigrants uh, to foreign lands, you know, we all came from South Sudan and I just wanted to uh, if you could take us back to what that journey was like uh, from South, where you're from in South Sudan, and how did you end up in Australia? Well, but then I am, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I just turned 39 in April, so I am, um, I'm, I'm South Sudanese, you know, my, my parents are uh, South Sudanese, they're, they're from Bor, uh, they're from Jonglei State. Uh, I mean, uh, within within Bor, uh, that that's from a tribe called Jued, and my mother, she's, she's Bathuit. Uh, so they, uh, uh, my parents, you know, like you know, like many parents, uh, you know, dad, you know, dad, dad, dad fought in the war, and then you know, I think in the late eighties uh, decided you know, to uh, uh, to escape, uh, and you know, my parents, you know, uh, uh, ended up in Ethiopia, and it, it's in Ethiopia in April nineteen ninety one. That's where I was born, uh, and shortly after that, uh, after Musa was overthrown, yeah. Was they put their lives put at risk there, so they fled to, to Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya, at the outskirts of Kenya, and, that, and that's where I spent 13 years of my life uh, before uh, uh, before uh, migrating across to Australia uh, on a on humanitarian grant with my older sister. Uh, so and, and my parents uh, were left behind in the camp, and like many parents or like many Sudanese family members, only had just me and my sister. Uh, you know, th- there are four other siblings, uh, but all died. You know, and it's not, uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's a tragedy that's common among most of these households. You know, where you, know, uh, you, know, you, you lose, you, know, you, you, know, you lose uh, uh, family members. You know, due to things outside your control. You know, due to the civil war, poverty, you know, and uh, and and just you know, uh, not having uh, appropriate health services. You know, whether it's in the country or, or in the refugee camps. So I um, so that's that's my journey. So you know, I, like I first went back home uh, in 2016, 
in December. And you know, that's that's the first time I'd set foot in South Sudan. So I'd, I'd actually never been there. You know, I was born in Ethiopia, lived in Kenya, and then came here and spent 13 years here. Uh, you know, spent another decade here uh, before my uh, before going back home to, to see mom and dad in, in Bor and um, and reunite. You know, with them uh, and the rest of the clan and, and all the other family members. But I can say, you know, there's a big Sassanese community in, in Australia, you know, and there's also, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, like, yeah, in terms of, like, my immediate family or, or tribe, you know, I've got relatives here, so it's, you know, it hasn't been a bad place to grow up, you know, uh, especially, you know, being supported by elders, and, yeah, so that's, that's, that's my sort of... I can't really comment any further on my journey from South Sudan, you know, other than the fact, you know, lost, you know, parents flat, and uh, you know the reason they're flat. And everyone who's listening to this podcast, you know, all they've got to do, you know, if, if they're not South Sudanese, this is going to uh, Google, you know, to South Sudanese years uh, conflict, you know, and, and they should give them a, they should shed some light on, on some of the tragedies that, that happened in that country. Right, right. I mean, that's. That's an incredible journey, but also uh, with a little bit of a sad story there. I mean, again, I'm sorry for your loss. I think it's a story that a lot of South Sudanese uh, relate to. And uh, my follow-up questions actually on the journey from South Sudan uh, to Australia. I was going to ask you if you've ever been back to South Sudan since you went to Australia. You just mentioned it, so that's that's great. I'm happy you were able to go back and reunite with your family. Uh, a, a little bit about. Uh, in your transition to Australia, I mean, one thing, uh, Daniel, that a lot of South Sudanese, but let's just say immigrants for that matter of fact, I mean, when you leave your country in a place that you're accustomed to and you go to a foreign land that everything looks uh, pretty new to you, it's not always an easy transition. And I uh, just, you know, if you can tell us what that transition was like, you know, from South Sudan uh, to Australia, uh, what challenges did you face and, and what was your experience in general? Look, I think, I mean, living living in the camp for 13 years, I mean, that, that's all I ever knew, you know, that's what, that's what I was sort of accustomed to, you know, uh, uh, like a nice mud my, my house, sort of enclosed, you know, not really, uh, not, not much freedom, not much movement. When as, as, as a kid, you know, you sort of, you didn't, uh, you know, because you sort of, you're, you're protected, you know, your parents protect you, the, sort of the community or, or the society uh, within the camp protects you. You know, you don't really uh, get to see uh, the real adversities of, or, or, or I mean, sort of, you know, uh, uh, like how, uh, you know, I guess, just, just due to your age and being young and being vulnerable and being overprotected, you don't really uh, get to see, you know, or, or feel what, you know, what those, what your parents or, or those living in the camps are going through. But also, you know, sorry enough, you know, uh, by the time by the time I was thirteen and you know, got on, got on a plane to come to Australia, I, I, you know, I sort of knew you know, that was in life you know, that, that you know, young people you know or any child sort of deserves you know to, to sort of grow up in that environment you know, where all you could really ever get, aspire to you know is completing high school. There was nothing further after that. There was, there was no jobs. You, know, you sort of you know your, your families weren't self sufficient. You, know, you had to wait. Uh, on, on on the United Nations, you know, just sort of uh, uh, t- t- live food rations, you know, every month or every quarter, and then yeah, every I think every twelve months or two years, you know, you're, you're subject to head counts just to validate your refugee claim so you can get rations. You know, I, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, we didn't 
you know, you're sort of confined uh, uh, you know, to, 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 the param- to the parameters of, of the zone, you know, like the groups, and you, know, you, you weren't, you know, you weren't really, you know, there, there wasn't much to explore. So it's, uh, and then also coming to Australia, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, for the first time, you know, you sort of, you hear the Tamak Road or, you know, I mean, it's just, it, 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 it's different, you know, it's, and, uh, but yeah, we, we, we were sort of prepared for that. And I think every Sassanese or, you know, who, who left, uh, whether it was a refugee camp in, in Kenya, Uganda, Ethiopia, or, or Egypt, you know, would have been prepared for that, you know, you know the, the settings and this started when the first, uh, first, uh, uh, first batch of lost boys went to the US in the early 2000s, you know, and I've got relatives there, you know, and those groups went, you know, the, the big celebrations, you know, and they were told, you know, and, and advising, you know, how do you, you know, if you go to a foreign land, what's expected of you, and the whole purpose, you know, of, of going there. So when, 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 when it was time for me and my sister to uh, uh, to, to leave Kakuma and, and resettle in Australia, you know, uh, we had a, a, a final send-off, you know, where uh, not only my parents spoke, you know, actually I don't think, yeah, not only my parents spoke, uh, but, you know, all those members, you know, within our tribe and, and our lineage, you know, like our, like our relatives from mum's side, you know, and the other side of it, you know, and, and dad's side, and, and also, you know, members, Within the community itself, you know, sort of uh, spoke and, you know, and 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 gave us, I guess, some sort of things. You know, when when in Australia, some sort of things to reflect on. You know, to try to, uh, you know, to try to start a new life here. And, and I think it's sort of those, those sort of uh, uh, those those words of wisdom you know, that were. Uh, Late to me and my sister uh, during the send-off, and you know, which my parents continued uh, to emphasise once I was living here. It sort of helped uh, me, you know, and, and made the transition from from the camp to Australia you know, a much more easy and a pleasant experience uh, you know, than uh, than it would have been otherwise. Absolutely. I mean, it's you just mentioned that it was you and your sister who went to Australia. Australian, of course, I can imagine uh, both of you were young, and it's not always an easy transition. But I think one thing that we're blessed of uh, is our community—the fact that the community comes together and supports you, and the fact that you have that sense of an orientation and words of wisdom in terms of what to expect. I mean, if you, if you can heed those, uh, you know, advice and ideas, that's always something that helps newcomers. And you know, it's, it's evident that uh, both you and your sister did listen. Uh, to those words of wisdom and i'm glad it wasn't much of of, of, of a difficult experience uh, given the fact that you have that community support uh daniel i want to go back uh want to go a little bit into your uh, professional and academic background uh you do have uh, two degrees you do have a degree in finance and mechanical engineering and then you went on to get your uh, law degree you know, you're currently a lawyer and you have your own legal practice. And it's, it's very interesting to see that you've, ha- you've had those degrees. You have a degree in finance, mechanical engineering, and you would expect uh, someone with that background to either work in finance or work in some engineering field. Uh, how did you make that transition in, 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 into the legal practice and what made you uh, take that as a career path? 
Right? I, I, was, I, was, I was cracked you on one thing. I, uh, that, so what happened is uh, Abraham Jungroor uh, or Wenyuan Jungroor who sponsored me, you know, who's my, uh, who's, who's an uncle, you know, it would have been a few years and all of them, uh, me and my sister and had come out to Australia as part of the the JRS or uh, sort of scholarship you know, that were given to the sort of uh, Sudanese uh, refugees in the camp who were sort of high achievers across uh, across the uh, when they sat their uh, their KC it would have been KCSE like the Kenyan secondary KCS yeah the Kenyan secondary uh, school yeah. examination yeah yeah, yeah certificate so uh, you know, he was in the top one percent so he'd come out to Australia. Uh, in the early 2000, I think 2002, uh, to uh, you know, with, with many other young um, uh, Sudanese uh, guys, and yeah, you know, he it, it settled in Adelaide. And when he left the camp, you know, one of the things my, my father had asked, you know, he you know, he'd asked him, you know, if you can do me one favour, you know, would be would be to you know once once in Australia or once in the West, you know, would be to send. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, to, to send back a unitarian fool. Uh, so Daniel, uh, uh, so like my, my bigger name is Accord. So Accord and uh, uh, and a young, that's my sister Rebecca. If if they could, uh, you know, if they could go overseas, yeah, and and, and get access, uh, you know, to, to opportunities, yeah, to, to, to further themselves, you know, in, in terms of getting a quiet education, which you know, a lot of our parents, uh, uh, you know. It's, it's an opportunity they never have, and, and you know, all of them want to see their kids, you know, take that, uh, whether, whether they see that opportunity available. And, you know, uh, Abraham, you know, listened to that advice. I mean, took that word on board. So when he came here and there's a window for uh, Sudanese refugees to be taken on board uh, by the hard government at the time, you know, Abraham sent us a form, and, you know, when we arrived here, uh, so uh, when we arrived here, Abraham was, was already at university, was doing some engineering, and uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, the tables have turned, but I know growing up in the camps, uh, those who, 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 who excel academically at school, it uh, was sort of, you know, uh, you know they held very high, you know, people, you know, pe- people aspire to them, you know. Uh, I know in the camp, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you know, uh, things have changed up, but you know, it's, uh, you know, if, you know, if if you did demonstrate an academic prowess, you know, people, you know, your peers, you know, uh, spoke very highly of you. The community spoke very highly of you. You know, uh, uh, young woman, you know, spoke very highly of you. Uh, and, and there's a tendency, you know, to uh, you know, if you if you're very uh, academic and smart, uh, so you know, uh, young girls or you know, or your peers were more attuned to you than you know if you were dropped out or, or weren't really interesting school, you know, so it was, it was something that was celebrated. So when I, you know, when I came here, I, I sort of envisioned that in, in Abraham and, and I could see that among his peers, you know, that he was well respected. And, and this is someone, you know, who had come to Australia, not only in a term uh, basis, you know, uh, but, but like, you know, some of those first batch of uh, young Sassanese who came to Australia, like young men, you know, he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, you know, he, he was bright, you know, he, he's intelligent, you know, He's a genius, you know, uh, you know people you know, spoke uh, highly of you know, his math uh, capabilities, you know, and you know, I, I just wanted to be like him. So, yeah, and uh, and I think that's sort of what distinguished me apart from, from my other peers, uh, some of my other yeah, like young friends and cousins I grew up with, you know, was that you know, I had this bloke in the house, you know, who sort of uh, 
played the fire figure role, you know, who not only uh, not only was he young and was a brilliant school, you know, but also because he'd he'd flat Sarsadan you know, uh, in, in the late eighties, you know, to join uh, the, the movement, you know, as a uh, uh, as part of you know, those uh, those young you know, Sudanese men, you know, who were taken like, I think in the early eighties, the late eighties, you know, from uh, where each each clan or each <coughs> Subclan, yeah. Subclan gang, young members, you know, to the SPLA to, to join the movement to go to school in Ethiopia. So he, you know, he'd left, uh, he'd left uh, our village you know, uh, uh, in, in the 80s. And dad was my, my father because he was in the army at the time. And he was a person, you know, who was responsible because he was the only person from our subclan who was, was responsible for all of them. So he knew, you know, he had an obligation, you know, he wanted to give back to my father and wanted to raise me, uh, you know, like my father had looked after him, you know, and, and many of the other young men. So he really, you know, he sort of took, you know, you know, he took that role and, you know, and I, um, yeah, and you know, fortunately, you know, I sort of, I was able to see that, you know, through, I mean, it took, took a bit, you know, my head did clash, yeah, and then, uh, but it meant, you know, if I, when I went to school in Australia, you know, if I came, came home with, with a math homework or, or sign homework, or an English homework or physical chemistry, there was Ed Brown sort of showing me the robes, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, I was getting good grades. And, uh, you know, I was pretty, you know, so, and so I wanted to be like him. So I actually went to university and, and after finishing high school in 2008, I, I enrolled in engineering, uh, but it was later through my engineering degree, you know, I sort of, uh, you know, I then got inspired by what dad did, uh, like many others, because, you know, in in the camps, uh, I mean, there's a court setting, uh, and uh, uh, but you know, before everyone went to Malung, you know, in in Kahmat, like where they used to have all the all the hearings in, in Zone Two, uh, you know, it's sort of uh, community members were trying to resolve dispute, you know, if it's within the clan or within the tribe, and then sort of the elders, you know, who sort of presides, you know over the proceedings or over the, over the dispute, you know, and, and, and really, you know, come up with solutions, you know, and, and dad sort of did that, you know, and then also if it went to to the stage where, you know, it was heard and so on too, you know, and then dad, dad was sort of act, you know, is, is an advocate, you know, for our clan, you know, because the only, and, and you would know this, you know, in our, in our tribes, you know, not, uh, you know, that, the, you know, the people were sort of both in their leadership and, and their ability you know, to sort of persuade and, and, and really, you know, uh, uh, like with integrity and, you know, and the sort of, you know, in those sort of matters you know, uh, involving, you know, uh, 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 like dispute with other clans, you know, but whether it's to do a diary or there's been an incident where young men, you know, have, have got into a fight and to try and just escalate it, you know, only certain members, you know, of, uh, of the tribe, like certain elders, call upon you know, to sort of heed that, you know, and, and really you know, uh, prevent you know, anything from happening further, either to calm the situation down or, or really uh, uh, to uh, to adjudicate, you know, and, and find at fault, and you know, and, sort of, uh, and, and and deliver an outcome that is satisfactory to all parties, and yeah, you know, and, and Dad did that, and people you know people spoke highly of him, and I said, look. Like dad never went to university, he didn't have a law degree. Uh, but if, you know, if 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 I've got his ability to, to speak 
and yeah, and uh, yeah, if I've inherited the, any of those trades, uh, then you know, I need a legal background and I need a law degree to you know, to uh, uh, you know, to, to make to make the most of those trades you know, and really sort of take what my father did and take it further, you know, uh, like give back to the wider community. You know, I, I knew my father had given back to our tribe, like good, you know, and also within the Jello community. And then, and then board, you know, and, and he was respected by his peers in the wider community. Uh, but I, I wanted to take it. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to seize uh, the Western legal education and really uh, and hone home on, uh, on, uh, on 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 what my father did and, and his skills, you know, and sort of take that further to you know to, to the globe. And and that's and then I, so I left engineering. So I didn't. So I completed first year, uh, but yeah. So, I brushed that aside and I said, look, you know, I, I don't want to be Abraham anymore. I want to be like my- <laughs> Right, right. I mean, that's 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 very interesting. Um, so what, what you did actually was was uh, was a change of major in between because you were inspired by the story of your father who was a community leader and you wanted to follow his footsteps. And for you, that path was becoming a lawyer and, and, and practicing in the legal field. Yeah. Uh, that's very interesting. I mean, it's... Uh, Reminds me of the story of the late Nelson Mandela. I mean, his dad was uh, uh, a tribal chief or a community leader, and that inspired him, yeah. you know, to go to law school. And eventually, he became one of the greatest uh, leaders of all time. Um, you do have your legal practice, uh, and Jack and, and two lawyers. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate. I'm passionate, Daniel, about entrepreneurship, and I really appreciate people who start organizations. Uh, whether to fulfill their own personal interests and visions, but to also, you know, provide opportunities for other people who, you know, would like to seek employment, uh, but also uh, uh, learn. Uh, can you tell us more about uh, 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 AJAC and Truth Lawyers as a practice? Uh, what made you start that, and uh, how has it been so far? So it's uh, uh, AJAC and Truth Lawyers. So my, my business partner is named Truth Gordon Martotut. So he's from uh, uh, he's, he's from he's from Lake State. He's from Chet, uh, uh, Eastern Lake. So uh, me and Tut met. Uh, we, we first met in 2009 when I was doing engineering, and then you know, later in 2010 we met law school you know, on our first week, and we've sort of we've, we've carried that friendship ever since. And it was one of the first things. You know, and and sorry, I didn't I don't think I'd introduce myself to the audience when we uh, first, when we when we started the recording again. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my full Dick name is uh, so it's uh, or, or Daniel uh, Daniel Ajax. so when uh, when me and Tut met yeah, uh, first year law school uh, uh, yeah, me and Tut yeah, quickly became friends yeah, he, he's, he's, uh, I think he's three years old three years or a couple of years older than me he's, yeah, so he yeah, like we're peers yeah, technically because yeah, I'm, I'm 29 you know and uh, yeah, it was the first thing I sort of shared with them, you know, and took really jump on board, you know, and you know, I was, and it, it, it's something we've sort of walked towards to in, in the last ten years, you know. It, it, uh, so you know, I uh, yeah, so me and Tut, there was there was another uh, friend of us, you know, he sort of, uh, you know, he, he's not like, you know, he doesn't. It's not part of the practice also, but you know, he's, he's sort of part of a, a, this group of us, there's three of us, you know, we wanted to start our practice. 
few years once we've had enough uh, uh, experience you know, uh, under our belt. And the whole goal was to, you know, if you know, if if we did if we did have a practice, what we do not, you know, and then it, it was it was all about setting a legacy. You know, we wanted to show you know, all, uh, you know, because I know, you know, I've, I've got close, you know, I've, you know, I've, I'm an Australian citizen, you know, but I've, I've got uh, I've got really uh, good Aussie mates, you know, who are young, who are more age, who are entrepreneurs, you know, and who are doing uh, doing amazing stuff. Yeah, and I've always you know, there's yeah, there's a dinky culture you know, where you sort of you know, you've got to, you've got to compete with your peers yeah yeah you know, if if your peers are striving you know you got to strive you know, you, 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 you can't you, you know you can't lack you know you've got to I mean you, you've got to you know, you, you, you've got to aim for the best you know because because your peers you know your peers are pushing to do big things and so should you so I've always you know, I've, I've always had it in the back of my mind. I want to be able to, when, I, when I'm meeting with my peers, you know, uh, I want to be able to, uh, you know, you know, if, if we met at a dinner table or a function, you know, I want to be able to come you know, with my, and say, look, you know, yeah, here's my card, I've got my own practice, or like I'm a lawyer or I'm an embarrassed, you know, so, so they know, you know, well, you know, I'm not to be taken lightly, you know, that they are to take me serious. But it was, you know, it was, it was to be able to give back to the community and and, and really, you know, and really set an example for uh, for our peers and yeah, and, and many young South Sudanese you know, who are going to come through law school and and, and young kids you know, who uh, whether it's in the law or, or medicine or finance or, or government you know uh, just to sort of you know, be like if if Daniel and Tut did it. So can we, you know, it's not, you know, me and two, you know, it, it's our practice, you know, we're not, um, in, in, in fact, you know, uh, uh, native of this nation, you know, people, you know, who've, who've seen, you know, all we can do, you know, have really backed us, you know, and sort of, you know, so if, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you're capable and you do show, uh, you know, you, you do show uh, people that you're willing to put in the yard, like the hard yards, yeah, and you've got the expertise and the skills, you know, like you'll be supported, you know, and uh, you know, our, our practice, you know, it, uh, you know it, uh, it's growing and striving, and it's striving because, you know, because the legal profession, you know, support us, you know, the judiciary supports us, you know, and, and we're taken seriously, you know, and, and we want to show our young people, you know, if you, you know, if you've got the guts or, or, or you know, it, it's, it's not hard, it, it can be done. Uh, you know, and, uh, and 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 that's the whole point. You know, we, we want to make sure. You know, in 10, 20 years' time, you know, we've we'll set a legacy where young Sassanese men and, and girls, you know, uh, and young Sassanese men and women, you know, could you know uh, <coughs> aspire to do what men to have done, or then take it further. You know, uh, you know whether they you know, they're going to become uh, like. Uh, Partners of big firms or, 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 or judges, you know, or even you know, head the portfolio of of, uh, of become ministers, you know, like whether you know, they pursue you know, you know, uh, uh, government roles and, and really you know, to, 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 to sort of you know, to not settle for less. Absolutely, I mean that's that's very uh, commendable. I mean, one thing you mentioned is uh, uh, your partner was somebody you knew in school, and usually when you start an organization, especially as an entrepreneur. 
uh, finding partners that will stick with you uh, along the journey is always difficult. And one thing you need is not just the fact that uh, you need different skills that complement each other, but you also need that connection and the relationship that usually doesn't come easy. It always uh, takes time you know, to build that connection and personal relationship. And then you can combine that with the skills that complement each other. So that's it. It's very commendable. And congratulations again uh, for starting your own practice. Uh, Daniel, that ends our session. I just want to thank you so much uh, for joining us. This is our second uh, episode and you're our second guest. And it was a pleasure uh, talking to you. And uh, you know, I look forward to having you uh, back again in the program. We will have a lot of interesting uh, programs coming up, uh, different issues. And I would absolutely love to welcome you back to the network. Yeah, all nice in the date, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, yeah, our community, uh, I mean, the whole purpose you know, of, of coming to the West in the first place was, was to come here, acquired skills and knowledge, uh, where we're in a position, you know, to make you know, to, to be able to go back home and, you know, and make a real impact. You know? And I think uh, having you know, sort of networks like this you know, is it, it, a step in the right direction, you because know, we are, you know, there's no, <clears throat> there's no point, you know. Me, uh, <clears throat> like, uh, you know, uh, sleeping in a nice double bed, like here in Australia, you know, while my parents, you know, uh, in a mud house, uh, sleeping, you know, in a mud bed, uh, you know, like where there's no water or there's no electricity, and you know, we can't, you know, have, you know and we can't go back to, to try to change that, you know, because me and you, who are families and relatives back home, you know, who, like, uh, you know, you know, who we need us, and you know, and we've got an obligation, you know, to sort of, you know, to be able to, at some stage, you know, go back, you know, and give back, you know, whether that's in, in our expertise or financially, but our country needs us, you know, that's that's the whole purpose, you know, what was said here, it was, it was come really, you know, to better equip ourselves so when the times come, you know, really come on board, you know, and, and sort of, uh, and build homes we have here back home. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, you stated it right. I mean, we're not here only to survive. Uh, I think it's it's an opportunity. It's an honor that uh, you know we come from uh, a country and a region that were devastated by conflict and to come to these uh, developed countries. I mean, the only thing you can do is not only to survive but to also thrive and take advantage of these opportunities and. Uh, young guys like yourself are already doing it. I mean, not only are you a lawyer, but you have your own uh, law practice. And it's, it's, that's definitely what we should do. And hopefully one day take that experience and those degrees and knowledge and also go and contribute, you know, go back to South Sudan and help you our country while also realizing uh, our duties to our second uh, found homes. I mean, you, I'm sure you call Australia home. You've lived there for a long time and it is what made you uh, who you are. But Absolutely, that's not a reason to forget where you came from. And it's the hope of each and every South Sudanese that one day we take that experience and we go back home and mate, try to help our people and build our country. Mate, I'm an Aussie, so you know, if, you, if you do ever take the trip down under, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take you, you know, we'll take you to the footy game and, uh, you know, and show, those, uh, show you all, all the things you know, uh, that make uh, Australia home. So it's, uh, you know, like you're right, you're spot on, you know. And uh, we've got uh, an obligation you know, to this country as well, because you know, without that, if they didn't open their doors, uh, you wouldn't be talking to you know, 
we'd be lucky you know, uh, to be alive if, if we did, you know, because that's that's the reality, that's that's the truth, you know, because you know, it's, many of us, you know, our siblings and and, and friends and, and relatives, you know, haven't met the same fate we have. So it's uh, it's a privilege and, a, and an honour to you know, to you know, to be welcomed, you know, into a country you know, where you sort of you know, where you give the opportunities to strive, you know, and obviously being you taken that those. So, so as many other young people, uh, in more more of us doing that, uh, and really, uh, uh, you know, and really, you know, so you know, it, it's for our own better. You know, thought everyone comes second. You know, my parents can now benefit. You know, because what I've done, but I'm the first beneficiary. You know, it's, uh, it all starts with me, and then it starts to to, to extend. So it, you know, it's been uh, been good having. You know? Been good uh, uh, meeting you today, and you know, hopefully you know, this this is the start of you know, future collaborations to come, and you know, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep uh, in touch on, on LinkedIn, and yeah. Absolutely, the pleasure is mine. Uh, that was Daniel Jack, a director and principal at Jack and Two Lawyers, on his journey from South Sudan to Australia, becoming a lawyer and starting his uh, legal practice. And again, this is Madhya Dial with the So So Network podcast. Happy listening and stay tuned for our next episode.